This is Reverend Kirk Lawton, minister at Ocean Lakes Family Campground, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that this message may enrich your life as you find God especially meaningful to you. Thank you for worshiping with us. Once again, it's a real joy to welcome you to our Sunday morning worship service here from Ocean Lakes Family Campground in Myrtle Beach. We've been thinking together, uh, in fact, we started last Sunday thinking about the various stages of growth through which we all have to go. We observed last Sunday that the first growth challenge which we face as infants is that of realizing our own personal worth. Just as God takes delight in all of his creation, even so we must pass on that spirit of delight to those whose lives we touch beginning in the very earliest days of childhood. One day a pastor received in the mail a letter accompanied by a paperback book which was entitled On Becoming a Woman. This letter told about a couple who, after many years of childless marriage, had a precious little baby girl. She turned out to be the flower of their lives. They showered on her every advantage they could think of, clothes, ballet lessons, music lessons, everything. And after they had done everything they could, everything they could think of to make her life as happy as possible, just as she turned 13 years of age, one night, to her parents' complete amazement, this girl put a gun in her mouth, pulled the trigger, and took her own life. As they were sorting through her things later, still stunned by grief, these parents came across the diary that their daughter had been keeping. Only then did they realize that all sorts of dark struggles had been going on inside that little girl. Her body was changing. Her peer relationships were undergoing all kinds of changes. She felt herself engulfed in more changes than she knew how to cope with. And so she made a tragically wrong effort at getting to a swift solution that is known as suicide. This letter to that pastor said, we have decided to take the money that we had set aside for our daughter's college education and we wanted to buy this little book and send it to every clergyman in our state. Would you please read this book and pass it on to all the young people with whom you come in contact? was the request. And then came that all important sentence. The parents said, if we had only known some of the truths that are in this little book and had been able to communicate them to our daughter, in all likelihood, she would still be with us. You remember when Jesus came to the end of his earthly life, he prayed, Father, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's found in Luke chapter 23, verse 34. Martin Luther King once preached a sermon on this subject in which he pointed out that so much of the agony in history is not because of human badness. It is because of human blindness. It is because we haven't taken the trouble to learn the things that could be learned 
when it would be a help to us. We still have so much to learn about the growth challenges of human existence. And so we're coming this morning to look at the second growth challenge that is faced during childhood. In addition to establishing the concept of personal worth to children that we looked at last Sunday, we need to help them to realize the gifts that they have within them and then help them become responsible stewards of their own powers. Every person must find some answer to the question, is it good that I be here? Do I have worth? But also there's the question of destiny and purpose. Why am I here? What am I here to do? We need to give to our children the feeling that they do have powers, that something is expected of them, that they are a part of the drama of life that does have some substance to it. Each of the gifts that we've been given were actually meant to become presents for somebody else. John Claypool, whom I mentioned last Sunday, says that at this point we need to help children to develop what he calls a Christmas tree spirit. Our task is to help children to look at their lives and their gifts as packages under a Christmas tree. Life then becomes a steady process of unwrapping these packages, discovering and developing capabilities that God has placed there within our lives. We need to help our little children to understand that every gift that is in them would make a wonderful present for somebody else. Just as important as the spirit of delight is, also it's important that sense of destiny. Once again, let's turn back to the Bible and we see that David's family did a better job at this point than they did at giving him delight. At an early age, David was already out in the fields involved in work. Something was expected of young David, not just given to him. He was made to feel that he had a part in the family experience, the family enterprise. This must surely have been one reason for his becoming such an outgoing person later in his life. During his early years, David must have had someone who helped him realize that he did possess tremendous gifts that were needed by the world. And he was encouraged to unwrap those gifts and to give them away. And so out of this kind of expectation came the musician, the poet, the athlete, the warrior, the capable ruler, who was such a blessing to the nation of Israel, David. Expectation was added to affirmation and acceptance. And this is a powerful combination which helps the child move successfully into life. We all know that many children are abused and neglected, but the main problem most of us face as middle-class Americans is not that of abuse or neglect, but rather we don't ask enough of our children. We're so intent on doing for them, surrounding them with the things that maybe we did not have as children, so that this sense of expectation is often lacking. This is not the expectation that says, unless you do this, I won't love you, oh no. But it is rather the expectation that says, because I do love you, and I see that you have so much good in you, 
that's needed by the world, every gift that you have in you would make a wonderful present to give to somebody else. There's an excellent book by Dr. James Dobson on this subject, subject of self-esteem in children. It's called Hide or Seek. In this book, Dr. Dobson deplores the fact that we are a superstar culture. We tend to give our praise only to the super talented, to the unusually beautiful, to the extremely bright. Dr. Dobson says that although this is deplorable, it is not likely to change. And therefore we owe it to our children to help them develop competence and show them things that they can learn to do so they don't go out into a competitive society not having any way to give themselves in ways that others will accept with their gifts. Dr. Dobson relates his own experience of growing up. He says that as a young child, he was slight of build, and it soon became clear to his father that he was not going to be a football or a basketball player. But his father also sensed that his son was quick and had good coordination. And so while James was still a young boy, his father began to teach him to play tennis. And this gift in this sport began to emerge. And although he said that at first he resented having to leave the sand pile to begin hitting tennis balls back and forth, he did later find much satisfaction in being a good tennis player. And by the time he got to high school, where athletic ability became very important, he had some ability in a sport which helped him compete for not being able to play football or basketball. Uh, this is just one illustration of how helping our children recognize their powers and gifts that they do have can aid in the unfolding of their lives. We may shower upon our children a sense of delight in their being here on earth, we may affirm them in telling them that they have personal worth, but we fail them miserably if we do not help them realize that they do have within themselves certain gifts and abilities that the world needs. Our task is to help them unwrap those gifts and teach them to give those gifts to somebody else. And unless a child has both affirmation and expectation, a sense of delight, and a sense of responsibility, then it's not likely that the dream that God has for that particular person can ever come true. Several years ago, I had the privilege of going to a pastor's school at Furman University, and I had the privilege of hearing this man I was talking about earlier, John Claypool, who was formerly pastor at, of a church in Fort Worth, Texas. He said he had some very disagreeable encounters many years ago with a lady whose name was Marguerite Oswald, the mother of Lee Harvey Oswald. There were many times when she got on the phone and exploded her venom and her hatred that she felt for everybody and everything. And after such conversations with Claypool, he thought to himself, well, if that was all that little boy grew up hearing and thinking and feeling, then it's no wonder he had trouble thinking that he had any worth or any positive destiny at all in this world. 
But on the other hand, what if some Boy Scout leader, some Sunday school teacher, some person who works with children in church had sensed that here was a little boy who wasn't getting everything through the natural ways and maybe that person had dared to be a Samuel to that young uh, David, uh, like in the Bible, to anoint him with delight, expectation. He wasn't getting the usual ways. If that had been true for Lee Harvey Oswald, perhaps the whole course of history, modern history, may have been different. If only somebody had practiced giving him compensatory delight and expectation. And so last Sunday and this morning, we have looked together at one segment of life called childhood with its unique challenges and with an application of the Word of God as it applies to this point in our journey. For parents, this challenge involves giving the gift of delight and the sense of expectation as widely as we can, certainly to our own children, but also to all children whose lives may touch ours. For children, this challenge involves receiving the gift of delight, however it may come, and then comes the process of unwrapping the gifts that God has given as we begin to share our talents and abilities to bless the lives of other people. Yes, children are something special, can do something special. Expectation without acceptance is frightening because it ends in a legalistic system which destroys all freedom. On the other hand, acceptance without expectation can be equally bad because it leaves unfulfilled a great potential that's wrapped up within a little child. In the Old Testament, we see that David was blessed by both of these things, acceptance and expectation. He was anointed with delight and was also made to feel that he had something important to do in history. I often wonder if we ought to take more seriously the little folks whom we come into contact with, both in our homes and wherever it is in our lives that we touch their lives. Could it be that what Samuel did for David, this is what God is calling on you and me to do with the twin foundations that are so necessary for wholesome life? First, the gift of delight, and secondly, the gift of expectation. This great challenge is ours and may God continue to guide all of us in ways every day to be equal to this great challenge. Do you know how God feels about you? If you could, then you would find it to be the same kind of feeling that Jesus discovered when he came up out of the waters of baptism. The scripture records that the heavens opened and he heard this great voice from God saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. To say the same thing in another way, God might have said, this is my boy in whom I take delight. This is the child of my creation and I look on him with incredible favor and wonder. This is the emotional message that God is trying to get through 
to every one of us. It's a message that God gives and then we receive. And God uses many channels to get this message of love to us. But the greatest expression of this was in the giving of his son, Jesus. Yes, God led the way in doing what we've been thinking about this morning and last Sunday morning also. God loved us and sent his son. But along with God's love, acceptance, and affirmation, he also has an expectation of you and me, and that is to receive his love. His love is not demanding. It is not forced upon us. There's a verse from John, John's Gospel, the first chapter, verses 12 and 13, that I think really apply to us as we conclude this message. Let me share this verse. Yet to all who received him, that's Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Remember then, as a child of God, you are loved, you are accepted, God takes delight in you. But remember also that you're saved for a purpose. And so as a child of God, you've got a lot to give. Heavenly Father, may we let that truth sink in upon our very being and know that we do have gifts that you have given to us. Father, may we unwrap these gifts one by one and develop them as we share those gifts with those around us. Thank you so much, Lord, for loving us unconditionally. May that love shine through us into the lives of other people. We pray in the name of the one who loved us and gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior. Amen.